What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode six of Let's Talk Tech Podcast. I'm your host, HD. Today, we got none other than your boy, Vernon Francis, a.k.a. Get You in the House 101, a.k.a. We Went to Tech, a.k.a. We Don't Like Shim. Man, um, appreciate you for coming on the podcast. It's been a long time coming, but you being busy, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, y'all. I almost beat him at Madden before, too, and I barely play. Just so you know that. <laughs> and you got, hey, I got to look at this all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, man, uh, I want you to tell the people just a, a tad bit about yourself so they know hey. who you are. Yeah, so my name is Vernon Francis. Um, I went to Louisiana Tech um, with Henry. Um, I'm re- I'm originally from Shreveport, Louisiana. I apologize about the background noise too. Here I'm in the outside, so um, I'm originally from Shreveport. Um, after graduating from Louisiana Tech, I got a job with IBM in Baton Rouge. Um, worked at IBM for two years. Then I got the job at State Farm, where I'm currently working at, um, in Dallas, Texas, in 2015. Um, I've been with State Farm now for six years, and like Henry said, went to Tech with him, took a couple classes with him, passed him by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> yeah, man, we, we definitely going to get into that, because um, you got there. So we'll start it off like this, because I had never asked you this, but was your major always CIS when you got the uh, Tech? Yeah, man, my major was always um CIS. So I I was thinking about changing it at one point in time, but you know how it is in college. Um, I really wasn't a man then, so I ran everything by my parents. And my mom was like, "You're not changing your major. You're gonna do computers, and that's it." So hey, that's a, that's what I ended up doing. That's what's up. So you got there. What what year did you get there? Um, I came to Tech in two thousand eight. Okay, yeah, so you was there two years before me. Uh, oh, yeah, well, dang it, shoot, they wasn't around back then, man, but, hey, he threw the infamous, uh, the floor-breaking party, man. <laughs> Yo, man, it was in my wilder days, but, hey, man, I always look back on it, and I enjoyed it, man. College was everything for me, bro. For sure, for sure. Um, let me see what I was going to uh, get at. So you're going to edit the video and everything? It's cool to talk right now like this or how you want to keep it? I'll probably edit, edit it out because it's a filibuster part. I can I can edit this part out. Okay, okay. But um, it was something I wanted to ask you, and I forgot about it. Uh, we'll just keep talking about, you know, we'll just talk about segue into L.A. Tech. So you did CIS at L.A. Tech. How about you give us, you know, your experience we're doing the CIS program at LA Tech. So I'll tell you right now, man, college is college. Um, I pretty much, like I said, I got through a lot of classes by the skin of my teeth. I can recall a couple of classes, but um, what I'll tell you right now, um, everything that I'm doing in my career now, a lot of it doesn't correlate over to college, you know. I learned everything once I started doing my career. You know, um, one thing college did teach me at Tech is how to communicate with different people. I will say that. But as much as the, um, you know, like the curriculum and everything, I won't say that I use anything that I learned at LA Tech in my everyday job. 
it was all like hitting the ground running when I first graduated. I had to learn a lot of new things. Hey, that's facts because two things I want to touch on. One, you said the, the magic word when I talk about communication, when I always talk about like one of the things that you do kind of learn when you in college about how to communicate and, and talk to people is something that people who didn't go to school sometimes or had to do group projects don't um, really understand that well. And of course we work with these people like it oh, ain't yeah. that hard, but also you touched on like pretty much the stuff we used. We don't, we did, we didn't use. And like, for example, they had a, you do you know they still doing the same curriculum that we did? Yeah, man. If they if they still doing it, man, they not preparing them for what's really going on. You know, like you need to be working on Java, Python. You need to be understanding like the way infrastructures are built built at uh, different companies for like identity access management. Um, you know, like blue team, red team stuff like that. You need like. The stuff they still doing what we learned. I don't see how this valuable, man. One of my first yeah, clients, uh, she graduated in 20, was it 2019, 2020? I think 2019. And I saw her coursework, it's the same exact stuff. So they still teaching them VB and all this. I'm like, don't nobody use VB? Nobody uses visual basic. You're not gonna see man. it on a job description. Must know how yeah, to use man. visual basic, man. That was yeah. a well, them classes was kind of funny, man. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Most of the time, look, we using no plus, Notepad plus plus stuff like hey. that, bro. You know. Huh? Speaking of the, the coding, what was the dude name? Uh, Ellis, man. Shout out to Ellis. Remember the time he got mad? Oh man. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I think I know what you're talking about. Look, Ellis, he took care of me too, man. Look, like I said, college is all about communication, man. Perfect. You let a teacher know. You cared about your grades and everything, man. You you know, they'll give you – I'm not going to say they'll give you a grade. You have to make an effort. But, um, yeah, man, Co- college is pretty much about relationships, bro. Whoever the cool dude was that did the business cap song, he just said, hey, you bring 10 Wall Street journals in and you get up a letter grade. I forgot what his name was, but he was super cool. He was like a short dude. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't remember a lot about that capstone class, man. <laughs> See, I might, hey, I might be funny and make uh, when we did that. that uh, what's her name? Siler. I might put your that, uh, when we did that capstone. I might put your picture up there for the uh, thumbnail. Hey, man, I still be talking to uh, Ronda Siler, man. Look, that's what I'm telling you right now. She doing well. Like it was all like a lot of like I had a lot of great experience at college, man. Made a lot of good relationships. But yeah, man. A lot of funny moments. <laughs> I don't right. know what I took away from it, but hey, it was cool for the most of the time. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, I was thinking about something that happened to us that was funny. Remember the time we did the group project with uh, Jack and Charles? Jack and Charles. Jack, the African guy? The dudes that I always thought they was real smart. Oh, yeah, man. I, yeah, you right. Yeah, I started thinking about that. I was like, man, they ain't let us do no work. And we got there and, and pretty much did our project wrong. And up yeah. there arguing with the professor about stupid stuff when we didn't do it right. Exactly, man. Look, they tried to like just play us to the left. Like we didn't know what we was talking about. Didn't really give us nothing to do in the project. But hey, that's how it is, man. You know, look at us now. We in the real Thanks. world. We're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> But I, had just, I was like, man, that was funny, man. I can't, I don't know, that's a lot of stuff I thought about. Shout out to, uh, shout out to Blackstock, one of the hardest econ teachers in the uh, world. Did you take oh, him or you did, or you did your man, econ somewhere 
I think I did my econ somewhere else, man. The real, the only teachers I really would say made an impact on me, man, is Shim, Ronda Siler, and Ellis, man. And my um, who was it? Um, my advisor Swartz. You remember Swartz, man? Hey, Swartz was cool. Yeah, Swartz, Swartz thought I was an idiot too, though, man. <laughs> Swartz thought I was an idiot too. You know, just young. You um, know, that's the. I don't blame him, <laughs> but yeah, man. Um. And it was uh I like the I think her name was uh Dr. Fuller. Remember Dr. Fuller? Man, I don't remember Dr. Fuller, bro. Man, I did a forensics class with her. Um Okay. That, that class was pretty cool. But um yeah, man. This is the last probably last tech question we're gonna talk about okay. is uh Shim. <laughs> man, we had to beg Shim for probably about five hours just to get a passing grade. Man, look. Had to talk him into a passing grade. He was like, look, you got to do this. I want to see this in a program. I'm like, man, look, we don't know how to do this. <laughs> look, <laughs> the dude was a smart guy. He just didn't know how to teach. Exactly, man. That'd be a lot of it, man. You don't know how to, I'm not going to say come down to somebody level, but you don't know how to meet people where they are at the time, man. And it'd be a lot of, a lot of the problems with teachers, man. So, yeah. That's the reason why I never want to do computer science because yeah, that was a lot of program, a lot of math, man. There's no telling how they taught it. But college was a lot of teaching yourself, though. Yeah, man, shoot, it was a hey, like you said, relationships. Look, I had made some some good friends to pass some of them classes. Oh yeah, <laughs> man, I had to, especially QA. Yeah. QA was so hard. Boy, look, quantum analysis, man. <laughs> what up, dude? Now he was short. He said, "Hmm." That little dude, he like Dexter of Dexter's Laboratory. Oh yeah, man. But anyway, I believe you graduated the quarter before me. Or two quarters. I was it the summer or the spring quarter? Um, it was a summer quarter. Okay, yeah. yeah so it was a quarter for me because I it was in I May. It was in May. Okay. Yeah, I graduated that fall in uh November. Okay. okay. So let's talk about how your job search went after you graduated. Like how did that go for you? Okay, so um, and just look, to be you can give you can go as long as you want to, man. We trying to be realistic right here. Okay, okay, yeah, man. Just to be honest with you, man. After I graduated in 2013, it literally took me a month and a half to find a job. Like, and I couldn't believe it because, like I said, man, I didn't take a lot away from college, but um, you know, making relationships, communicating, and just being a genuine person. And you know, um, it was one morning. Well, um, my aunt had called me. IBM had did a job uh, convention down in Shreveport. Um, I went to that job convention, man. I literally went up there um, and I told the man as soon as I sat down, I was like, hey, man, um, I'm only here because my aunt told me about the job fair. Like, I don't know anything about tech. I'm just here, you know, and the man said, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of you. And that's how I landed my first job in information technology and like i said when i first started at ibm i hit the ground running i had to learn everything i had to learn how to think i had to learn how to you know like rebrand myself be somebody i won't say be somebody different but be a professional and be learning at the same time man man your story remind me of like how i got my first security job because i tell all my clients i'm like look just be transparent man when you go in exactly. there trying to act like you know everything you're talking about and whatever, they kind of look at you different. They judge you a little different. Yes. Being straight up. 
that's when it backfired for you, man. And like, like you said, not not to go down to hey, that's how I got everything in life, man. But that's really how I've been looking in life, man. Just being genuine, man. Look, that you know what you know and you know what you don't know. That's facts. That's, that's it. And that's I'll tell somebody look. straight up, even recently going through interviews, I'm I'm always telling like, well, look, that's not my my skill set or that's not my job function. I ain't got no reason yeah. to lie to you about what I do every day. Yeah. But that's cool because I remember right after you did that, then I think, I don't know if I applied to IBM, but like, I remember I was just, while I was at school, I was just shooting out, like, you know, applying to stuff like that. And I forgot some of the places I applied to because they called me back months later and I, I forgot because I remember I was trying to get you to come to uh, CSC at the time because you was at uh, IBM. I was like, yeah, man, come to CSC, woo-doo-woo, yeah, you know. But I didn't want to come back to the Shreveport area, man. I was done with that. <laughs> I had to taste something different. <laughs> oh, I, I don't even blame you for that, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Man. I forgot what we was talking about at that time for the reason of me saying that. But uh, let's talk about, well, first, you know, how long were you at IBM and, like, kind of give us – you can be vague. You don't got to tell us no specifics about, you know, exactly details of what you had to really do. That's you no know, IBM secrets, but more so kind of tell us like what your job title was there, how long you were there, what you learned, what you took away from it. Kind of like growing pains, all the stuff we experienced, like in our real first position. Yeah. So um, my first position, like I said, was at IBM. I was a um, Java development specialist. Um, they put us through like a week training of like Java, different stuff like that. And anybody who who does Java right now, they'll tell you you can't learn Java in a week. So um, my first job, like they uh they they we basically start off on a bench and we had to find our own project. Um, but I didn't do any coding while I was at IBM. Um, I did a lot of testing. So um, testing was an easy way to get into information technology, man. Anybody can do testing. So I'm basically finding errors in the programs, different stuff like that. So you're doing QA? Yeah, basically, man. Quality assurance. Yeah, man. Just um, going through test scripts, making sure different um, aspects of the um, mobile app works, stuff like that, pointed out to testers. Um, And like, they take my first job at... IBM, I really didn't take anything away from it, bro. You know, like it was it was just testing. That's all I knew how to do. Like I didn't know, I wouldn't say it taught me how to critically think. I didn't learn how to like critically think on another level until I made it to State Farm. And that's where I started dealing with identity and access management. But wanna- to to go back into IBM so mm-hmm. far as like the experience there or what, you know, what made you want to leave IBM? Like kind of like some of that, the, oh, the okay. meat and potatoes, you know, really kind of like your real experience at, at your first position. Cause this, you know, we all had jobs or whatever when we was in college, but that, that, that corporation or that corporate level, corporate America, you know, teach you something different that school didn't really prepare you for. Exactly, man. So when I first, I'm trying to think how I can put it in the words, man. So I started off at 40,000, you know, at, when you first graduate college, that's a lot of money. But um, after a year, I'm like, man, I want more money, you know, we just doing different things. And then, you know, I'm I'm having to deal with a manager who's micromanaging me, somebody standing over my shoulder, making sure I'm doing work. I wasn't used to that, you know, you mm-hmm. know, we, we're adults. So we used to some type of autonomy, you know, so. Right. 
man, but it was just IBM was I real reason I left IBM was because of management, man. I couldn't deal with management. Um, I wanted to operate on my own, you know. I just wanted to be an adult. And when I when I left IBM, um, I got the job off at State Farm. That was the freedom I was looking for, man. I had a lot of freedom to fail. I had a lot of freedom to grow. And I think this was like really allowed me to step up as a um what do they call it? Um a, a thought initiator, stuff like that in your job, man. So um IBM it, it, it taught me a lot just about like the different people you'll run across in corporate America, man. But as far as skills go, I picked up all my skills at State Farm. Yeah. You touched on something about management. I feel like that's almost 99.9% time of like why everybody leave their first position. Oh, yeah. It's management. Uh, whether micromanagement, whether they holding you back, or you seeing other people getting promoted and you the best. I as, think- soon as, as soon as I got my first promotion at IBM, they released me. I'm not going to say they released me. They gave me a, a decision. Hey, look, what? I don't want that in here. Never mind. We cut that out. <laughs> you sure? I mean, is it is too much? I mean, shoot. Because I mean, this 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 podcast is supposed to be like you know, yeah, what somebody could expect. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like you know. Yeah, man. You know, so I was on the bench, you know, for a while. But they basically, after you on the bench for a while, they basically give you a choice. Like, hey, do you want to uh, do you want us to release you or do you want to um, quit? So. I chose to quit and then I was marked as rehirable, man. But um, it was just a lot. Like I never do another consultant job because it's, it's really stressful. Like you have a job, but you constantly looking for a job. You constantly on the hustle, trying to find your next project, man. But see, and I think that's what me and you will all probably disagree on. Cause I think that was the culture of, I don't know if that's all of IBM as a whole, but I'll probably just say for that situation. Because most of the time, certain companies that deal with really consulting, they put you they put you on the project. You're not going to them and asking them, I want to be put on this. So you're really not dealing with that. You're just doing your job as, you know, subject matter expert or wherever you have to go work at for a couple of weeks. So I think that could be like my wife's like, well, I feel like I'm trying to find a job at a job. And like I'm just sitting down wasting time. Yeah. And I like what you said, because I'm actually some more about State Farm, but I like that you okay. said they gave you a chance to fail because most of the times you feel like, you know, most of us, we get a new job. You know, sometimes the name kind of scares and you're like, hey, man, I don't want to mess up, man. Like, what's going to happen <laughs> when I mess up? Yeah. Not realizing everybody mess up, but the fact that you said, you know, they give me room to fail. You know, oh, yeah. When it, I first came to State Farm. When I first came to State Farm, they asked me what type of learner I was. I'm somebody who has to do like trial and error. Like I, I that's the way I learn. I have to see how something works, make it break in order to understand it. You know, so um, they gave me the opportunity to do that. They put me through uh, training, different things like that. Um, but something else that I didn't learn at IBM that I learned at uh, State Farm. I had to learn how to work across an organization with like different teams, get different information for how to like log into their system, stuff like that. So that they really made they really took my communication level to like an another height. You know what I mean? So yeah. you know, because it forces so, you to have to know how to act. First of all, one of the biggest issues people run into with communication is really sometimes they don't know what they well, sometimes they might know what they want. Or sometimes they 
they don't know how to ask it. And then sometimes they don't know what they need. So you're just talking like, okay, what do you need? Or what are you asking me? Because I hate if I get an email, I'm saying, okay, what what do you need? Uh, And then I finally have to pull it out of them. Oh, you need this. Okay, cool. This is what you do. It's right here on the Confluence. You can get access to it right here. Boom. But sometimes that, I mean, it's an underrated skill. I mean, I think that's one of the things that project managers probably do a lot as well when they have to, you know, more power to them because they got to interact with everybody. Exactly. Yeah, man. And now you, um, so you guys still on a waterfall method at your job or y'all more I agile? Ask, I remember you asked about that agile. Yeah. Like, because you said project manager, we don't have product project managers in Agile. We call them uh, product owners. That's the reason I exit, really. Um, I I, I guess because see, I don't, I know what you're talking about because I mean I had to do it when we was at University of Dallas. Yeah. Uh, but which is actually something we're about to talk about. But but you just you just started your job doing right. So no 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 not oh. that. It's just that doesn't. That part I really don't deal with because I don't deal with oh, okay, how we okay. do how we do like you know agile or we doing waterfall method. That's okay. That's not something I have to really work with. Besides, I mean, all I know is hey, I got some tasks in Jira, some stuff in Confluence, ServiceNow stuff. Um, okay, the, like we said, I would assume it is still waterfall method. You said project managers, or, okay, or, or what they say. But speaking of that, because I, I threw in University of Dallas, what? made you go back and get your master's because i was one of the people that said i wasn't going back to school yeah man i was the same way i went back to get my master's just because i thought it was gonna give me more money that's the main reason i went back and you know um what i'll say is it hasn't gotten me more money yet but um it did teach me like like i said i've been talking a lot about communication relationships and, you know, just getting that master's, um, I feel like it took my self-awareness to another level. You know, that's that's that was my main thing I took away from it because, you know, um, you took uh, I think you did computer science um, for your master's. I did. For your I master's, just did right? technology management. OK, technology management. I did uh, just a regular MBA, man. And, you know, that was all discussion boards, you know, like that's not really like teaching you anything. It's just a, it's just a title, really. So but what I'll say is that they really the NBA really like translated over to my my realtor stuff. I was able to use everything I learned and put that towards building my um, my brand for real estate. So when it comes to IT, though, um, it really hasn't benefited me. So I'll say the, the opposite when I. It's weird, but once I decided to go to, to UD, because I remember you told me about it, um, immediately stuff started clicking. I ended up getting a security position. And then all while in school, I started like the stuff I was on. Like, we did enterprise architecture. We did uh, a whole bunch of classes. I can't even remember. But they were actually things that I needed, especially when I came to this company right here. Instantly. I started changing stuff or seeing things I was wrong and started making suggestions yeah. just based off of working at a bigger uh, company before combined with schooling, uh, pretty much all that. It, we had to do so many, you know, grad school about a whole bunch of group projects. So everybody got to have a voice. So you're going to find out who don't like to do work, who like to talk. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you find that stuff out easy. I, to this day, even on the team now, I, I'm the dude that's always going to be the first to talk. You know, I, yeah, man. this is my first time being in environments where, you know, grown people were scared to talk. 
Oh, yeah, man. And a lot of people just want to sit back and do their jobs. And, like, what I see right now, even with teams at State Farm, um, it's a lot of people just going through the motions, you know, just been there for so long, and they just want to collect their check and go home. And, you know, like, those are the leaders. Those are the team leads. So it makes it kind of hard for somebody younger to book the status quo, you know, like – we really got to, like, prove what we what we talking about. We got to, like, you know, like, they know how to play the game better than us. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it, it sometimes it makes it hard to, like, really, like, initiate change, man. Um, yeah, I like to comment on that because, number one, what I was going to add in is, like, the funny thing is these people don't look like me and you. They're scared to talk. At one point in time, it was me and then two of my old coworkers that used to work with me at McAfee, and we was, like, you know, the trio, you know, we was the best. And now two of us are still there and, you know, we level two. But something interesting, like, one of the good things is uh, what I do now, like, if I'm looking at companies, I just, uh, I'm on this app called Blind. I don't know if you use Blind or not. I've heard of it. Okay. And it's pretty much, you could be anonymous, but you can see all different types of stuff for different companies where they talk about compensation or uh, how management is and stuff like that. But I use sites like, apps like that and sites and I research companies. I do have the benefit of being in a progressive company. My manager is like, you know, she's a woman, but and she's it's funny, she's a woman, she's white, she's been one of the best managers I had. And it's, you know, a lot of us been there around the same amount of time because we got there when we got the contract for our client. So it was easy to come in. I won't say easy because you have to work hard, but I feel it's harder to change stuff with the client. But when it comes to us with Optive, it's easier because we're controlling all that. And it wasn't like, oh, well, we got to do it this way because we're doing it this way. So that is one of those things I know people are starting looking at now, like, man, you know, how old are the people who are in charge or how they go with change? Because ain't nobody trying to just be, first of all, double working themselves or doing stuff that don't make sense. Because I'm quick to say, exactly. well, why are we doing this? You know, and, then, and once they tell me. to change, you know, yeah. And when they tell me, I'm like, okay, I, I guess that makes sense. Or, I say, well, why don't we do this? It just, it's just one of them things. I'm like, the worst thing somebody can say is no. I, I, don't, I never understood. Like, with, in my industry, I would get upset that nobody would talk about doing a team meeting because I'm like, if you don't understand something, say it because I can't have you mess up on the alert because you didn't understand it and now something happened instead of you just saying in there, oh, hey, can you elaborate on this? I Like, people just be ashamed to not know stuff. I'm like, Exactly, man. It ain't that the world. Man, that's a lot of it, man. And I see that in corporate America too, man. Just trying to save face, you know, like and what I see is a lot of people who aren't scared to say like lose face and stuff like that. Those are really the people who know what they're talking about and you know, like innovate change. But a lot of people who like play the game, just go with the flow, man, they're the ones who getting the promotions and stuff and you know like that kind of like you know discourage you at the end of the day like why am i even speaking up why am i doing this <laughs> yeah man yeah. but i say man the good thing about doing all that is like we talked about earlier hang on let me see get it that bit <laughs> <laughs> but uh no nah, what we was talking about earlier is relationships yeah and relationships are important in this thing so you just keep doing you at your company you never know who know who and be like hey yeah this dude's solid i work with him and 
he always did this and that. And you, and you just never know. Because sometimes I feel like stuff going overlooked, but it's just a small world and, you know, don't try to lose, I guess, you know, not hope. I don't know if that's the right word, but more so like, it just seems like sometimes when you're part of a big conglomerate, you feel like a small person, but like, exactly, you just, you just never know. Like, cause the good thing is being part of a big company, like uh, you're a part of now, if you go, if you do go somewhere else ever, like you could take different things and automatically start making stuff happen. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, We glad we hired you. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, What's what's next? What we gonna talk about next, brother? I don't. Know. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna steal you, and I had the questions in my mind. Oh my I, bad, my bad. You good? Uh, yeah. So the role that you do at State Forum now is that what you started off doing, or did you keep on going to different roles at State Forum? Oh no. So um, I've been like I said, I've been with State Forum for six years. Um, I started off on the um identity access management team. I'm still on the identity access management team. Um, I work with a, a application called Cell. Was called Identity IQ. The vendor is Cell Point. Basically, my job is to make sure you have enough access to do your job and not enough access to harm the organization. So um, that entails like you know um, building access reviews, issuing them to managers, letting them review like the direct reports access, and you know just making sure that uh, hum. Uh, Umri, who does uh, incident uh, management, can't go in and change his pay. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, when you speak of I am, at your job, do y'all use, I mean, we talked about cloud. Uh, yeah. What cloud technologies uh, do y'all use in the environment? So, right now, we're actually switching over to cloud right now, and I can't speak about it in detail. Um, I'm actually studying the, uh, for my AWS practitioner test right now. So um, I got a lot of more to learn about cloud. I didn't know that. I'm a, uh, I have to send you two courses I did on Udemy. I don't know if you watched mm-hmm. my video I did on that, but I took it last November, and uh, I got some I got some tests and stuff okay. that uh, I can share from you from Udemy. That's real useful. Okay. But no, I mean, so I could probably deduce that it may be going into the AWS route. You know, without you saying it that way, you ain't got to say it. Because everybody is trying to migrate to AWS or Azure. Exactly. Yep. Some companies are doing GCP. I think Oracle and some other companies still have somewhat of a presence in, you know, cloud, but it's mostly about the big three right now. The only thing I know about Amazon Web Services is that, like, you could do a lot of stuff with point and click, like, set up a server. Like, it used to take, like, days or weeks to set up servers. Like, you could do it in minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, you can, that's, that's one, one of the benefits. It could it can easily scale to anything. Yeah, okay. But now that we went that route, talking about, you know, what you do at State Forum, and I think how many years you said you've been there again? Six. Six, okay. So at State Forum, are you like any type of mentor to anyone or, um, you know, people under you? Um, so I'm not a lead or anything, but I am the SME over Identity IQ. So um, my typical day is logging on, you know, going in to make sure all the servers up, stuff like that. Um, BPs have issues. They come to me looking for me to resolve it. Um, 
I attend uh, meetings with the business analysts cl- to collect requirements, stuff like that. You know, just to ask uh, technical kind of questions to the business partners. Why do you want to do it like that and not this way? Certain stuff like that. But um, I, I'm i not a formal leader on the team, but I am a leader on the team. Um, you know, like I, it's my job to go out there, create stores in version one to um, to identify new things that need to be done in our environment and stuff like that. So. Um, I'm not a formal leader, but I'm a leader. No, 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 no. I feel you because I mean, I'm a lead, but my title isn't lead at work. Okay. So I definitely feel you like, but everybody knows me as, oh yeah, exactly. So they know to come talk to me. They know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, my principal threat analyst who actually just came back, but I think he's going to be doing something different. What always come to me first, uh, it could be the head of the client. They reaching out to me, so I, I definitely get it. You know, you you got you technically got the unofficial title, which you know now I know how to navigate that a little bit differently. Um, exactly. Need to come with more pay, right? <laughs> well, see the good. I'm not gonna lie. I've got a raise like every single time, and I got a raise last year because I got a position change, and it wasn't lateral. So I mean, I did get a raise. Um, yeah, it was cool, but let's see. We talked about I am State Farm UD. Let me see if I get into something else. Speaking of though, I know you're talking about your cloud practitioner. Besides that, what certifications or you have or you got in your future that you're you know looking into getting? Mm. So I took the son's um, GSEC test, man. One of the hardest tests I ever took in my life, man. You had to have a, a 73 to uh, pass it. It was like 150 questions um, and like, I want to say like an eight-hour test, man. So it was asking about everything across information security, you know, like um, how to, I, I don't know if I'm saying it the right way, but you know how to like uh, section off your network, you know, how to protect it from different things, how to respond to incidents, you, you know, your business continue to plan. Like it went really deep into information security, man. Like I said, um, most people don't like it's a big certification, but it's not the certification in information security. When 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 a, a lot of companies want you to have their CISSP. So, um, that's, that's what I'm looking to get in a little while. So, um, besides that right now, I only have my GSEC and I plan on getting a CISSP and, uh, AWS practitioner. Um, I need to start looking for like other things I'm interested in because to tell you the truth, I don't want to do identity access management for the rest of my life, but I am good at it. I can go to another company and I can start it up from scratch if they don't have anything in place like role based access, stuff like that, I can probably start it up from scratch for them. But back. yeah, man, that's not what I want to do though for the rest of my life though, man. I was going to tell you with the CISSP, you could also look into the CISM. Okay. CISM. Certified information security manager. Excuse me for looking on my phone. I'm just putting it in there. You know, oh, you good. Oh, they, they similar certs. Uh, they have some other ones. Uh, I could probably, I could point you to, Okay. But you're at the range where you it will be beneficial to have a CISSP. I don't like seeing okay. people like I'm in this group on Facebook. Dude had was a help desk with a CISSP and something else. I'm just like, he was like, but I can't get no, I can't desk. get higher or something. I'm just like, fam, 
What you got a CISSP for? Like when you get a CISSP, people try to get it because it's going to mean money. But in all actuality, most time you see people with CISSP or maybe a lead, a manager, a director, a C-level, like them roles, not a role on the bottom where you're coming up. Most time you're technically supposed to have four to five years of experience before you can mm-hmm. take the CISSP. Now it's ways to get around that. Sometimes people count schooling and degrees and other stuff, but I really don't like certifications to be honest with you too, because you know, like if you, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, like I'm just learning it for that moment. You know, like I need to be able to go into my job and use these things that I'm learning, you know? So that's, that's, that's what I would say. Um, Tell people, man, just don't learn it for that moment. Use it because if you don't use it, you're gonna lose it, man. So that's one thing that I would say. But um, it all come down to your job, though. Like after I learned a lot of stuff with the GSEC, I came back, you know, trying to initiate change. But you know, the status quo, man. So um, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to get around it, man. Right, and that's what I. That's why I'm a big advocate of people not search chasing. I always tell them. Yeah. Get something you're going to use at work. Like I, in my exactly. article I just did about people not being successful in cybersecurity, I was like, all you really need to start off really is sec plus. Anything beyond that, you know, is really kind of overkill because it's, you, at that point, you're just getting searched to get them. Exactly. And yeah. I see that all and the one time. Of my man- and one of my managers in my job had said that he was like, look at this guy right here. He has all these uh, certifications, but he hasn't did anything with it. He's still at the same position. He's been there for 15 years. You know, like I understand like you move up and then you get a cert, but just earning certs and you're not seeing anything from it. I don't see the point in it. Exactly. That's, I mean, uh-huh. that's pretty much what it is. And, and once you really do enough interviewing and talk to enough of these people, these companies, they really could care less about the certs. Yeah. Certs is just look on paper to kind of say like, you know, you you know what you're talking about, but exactly. for the most part, that's not real a real important thing. But yeah, man, honestly, it's a different time frame than when we came out years ago. There's so many different certs that's coming out. They got a. I've been working on a cert that's more practical, where it's not pen and paper. It's me actually doing work. I think I think the test okay. lasts for like two days and. You got to just have to, I guess you got to write your notes and show your work about how you got to your conclusion. And, you know, of no course, your conclusion got to be right. But those are some of the better starts to me. Because, yeah, I mean, see stuff like that, it, it make you think. It shows mm-hmm. your, your thought, you know, like, yeah, I can I can see the benefit of that, you know. But something that's just like multiple choice, mm-hmm. come on, man. You already know you can pretty much eliminate the wrong three ounces mm-hmm. and, you know, guess at the right one. Like, that's right. easy, yeah. But hey, I'm not gonna lie though. I think with you studying for that uh, AWS cloud partitioner, it's gonna make you fall in love with AWS. Yeah, because you're gonna start seeing all the different things and services AWS can do. You're like, man, like, like we can do this through cloud. That's what everybody keep telling me, man. But they people keep telling me uh, I need to get familiar with the terminology. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, that, but and it's in demand. So it's like you okay. know, the the I mean, it's pretty much. You'll probably, with your, for example, your type of role that you're doing, I am. I wouldn't be surprised after you get this cloud practitioner, you're, you're like, you know what? I'm going to get my solutions architect. Okay. Because that'll fit well, you know, in your role, whether you have to be technical or not. If you want to just go somewhere where you just the figurehead, 
but you got your solutions architect. Like you'll just see, like once you just start looking at all the different specialties and past the AWS has. And like I've been telling everybody, shoot, I want to sleep on Azure because Azure is catching up with AWS and they got some good search too. In fact, Microsoft has been giving like free training and, and free certs on the low for a minute for Azure. The only time I really dealt with Azure, man, was um, I really don't. So Azure is like uh AWS, like they offer. Yeah, it's pretty. It's services. pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty much Microsoft's their cloud solution. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and just like Microsoft, AWS, then you, the Google's is uh, I think it's Google Cloud platform. I think that's what it stands for. I could be off, but it's GCP. Everybody know look, it stands for GCP. So that's all. There are three different things. They're different, but similar kind of like all these different tools we got in the in the industry that do different things and you're like yeah we could use this tool to do this but we paying for the name but yeah man shoot so you've been at state farm a while that mean you vested hey look man they say once you say uh worked up for five years man you're not leaving they already said that once you worked up for five years you stuck but yeah man stay farm it's been good to me like i'm getting content with it because of the job security stuff like that you know i got the family so hey yeah man good. it's good. good to me yeah man <laughs> no i mean i have a, I have a friend uh she'll be on here eventually um i don't know if she's at two or three years shout out to maya if you're gonna listen to this but um she was talking about, yeah, I'm gonna wait till after I invested. Then I'm gonna go. <laughs> I was like, man, yo, man, wrong. she don't want to. She don't want to lose all that money that she uh that they didn't contribute to a 401k. Man, they gonna take it. You lead to so <laughs> right. It be like that. I mean, yo, man. But um, just to segue into you know other things. You know, I told everybody in the beginning about you know, Mister, get you in the house. We can make this uh because also what I plan to do with this platform and I got videos that I plan to do on my YouTube about is like with being in tech, IT, networking, security, you name it, whatever you're doing with in tech. Um, one of the benefits is unlike other career paths, you have a chance to increase like your salary exponentially within every different role. And one of the things, you know, people don't make enough videos on is like people do a lifestyle creep or whatever. Like, you know, somebody went from making $40,000 to $90,000. Now they got to say, oh, well, shoot, I'm making 90. I can go do that $2,000 rent. When you like, fam, just keep on living how you was before because you didn't really need it. And you're going to be So straight. you can make, yeah, so you can save your money and everything. Then you can make that jump. So, yeah, a lot of people start making money, man, and then just be in a hurry to spend it. I right. fall prey to that too. You know, hey. I'm learning every day, but um, man, with more money, more problems. So you know how it is. Yeah, right. I mean, like for me, I've always, I've always, like you know, Dallas. I I still haven't had a house yet. Uh, I'll probably get a house in like two or three years mm-hmm. if everything go how it's supposed to go. But for me, it's no. You come see your boy. Oh, you know. <laughs> for me, I've always looked for the best deal. I was like, even though I know I can, I can do this. I'm gonna go here. I'm like, cause I'm, I'm not trying to. Well, now I'm branding myself. So if I wanted to just show off and like, oh yeah, look at the tech money did for me, I can do that. But that's when that I gotta wait till the brand sponsorship and stuff start paying for that. When they start paying for my rent, I could go stay wherever because it ain't gonna be coming out nine to five money. But exactly. for the most part, I'm just, you know, thinking smart of like, if I could keep this relative to what I was paying before, you know, that's, that's the mm-hmm. smart thing. Like, just cause it I is. can, 
buy it don't mean I need it. I tell my little brother that. Granted, he not exactly, making man. Because in high school, like you keep that mindset, you gonna always have money, and you won't be one of the people that went from making forty thousand to hundred some thousand and still living paycheck to paycheck because they kept on in- increasing they spending habits just because they make more money instead of still keeping it low. Exactly, man. And that's why I tell a lot of people, you know, when you buying a house, when you buying almost anything, man, you know, do like 20 or 30% under it, man, just to make sure you're not, that's not the only thing you can do. You're not house poor. You know what I mean? Going there so you still want to be able to save money and everything after the fact. Right. Yeah. Like, and then we can actually, you know, talk about that because this should be a special episode, you know, hey guys, so if you're tuning in right now, hit the subscribe button because it's going to be like a special real estate talk. Uh, so Vernon, pretty much let's say we got some people on here that's in Texas, you know, they want to look for a house. Mm-hmm. What's some of the first things that they would need to do to buy a house? Um, So first thing, I basically so, first thing, how are you? Huh? <laughs> yeah. First thing you want to reach out to me, man. First thing you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at um, 469-925-9991. Uh, feel free to call me anytime. Um, I look forward to using my experience to you, but basically um, one of the first steps is, you know, finding you a good real estate agent. Even if it's not me, you can reach out to me. I'm I'm more than happy to refer you to somebody. Um, finding you a good real estate agent and then you want to find two or three lenders. You want to try to get pre-approved with them so you can get the mo- the lowest rate possible. You know what I mean? So, and most people ask, hey, what's pre-approval? Um, that's just them pulling your credit and they verifying your income and everything. So that's just the first step. And a lot of people are like intimidated about getting the house, man. Buying the house is really nothing special. It's really easy and it's really easy to tackle. I think most people in, in Texas get no property taxes. Yeah, man, those property taxes in Texas is is ridiculous, man. Because you know, out here we don't pay any state taxes. But um, a lot of what I tell people is the property tax rate might be high in like you know mud districts and like pits. That's like where they got um extra assessments on top of the normal tax rate. But say for instance, out here in like the rural areas, like um. Prosper Princeton, you you can get into a house with a 1.9, 1.89 property tax rate. And in places that they had a higher tax rates, you know, you can protest your uh, taxes every year to like keep your property taxes affordable, man. So that's what you'll have me for, man. I'm here. I'll show you how to protest your taxes. I'll show you, I'll help you understand all that. Cause like I done bought, I done bought um two houses. I didn't help five people find houses and buy houses. So hey man, I'm here to help. So feel free to reach out. Yeah. And then probably like one of the last ones, you know, you probably run into people it's like, tell them about some of the tricks they can do to get uh, a down payment on their house if they don't have you know, money for a down payment. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, some programs like um, I can't go into too much detail on it, but they have DPA programs out there, down payment assistance programs um, that'll basically cover your down payment. And then say, for instance, um, you have the USDA loan, say, for instance, you, uh, you go out to a rural area, there's 0% down. And if the market isn't too hot, you know, hey, you can get the seller to pay all your closing costs. And you can get into a house for literally like $800. That's how much I paid to get into my first house when I was in foreign and doing a USDA loan. And um, 
say for instance, like if it's a buyer's market, like during the winter, you know, hey, a seller gonna give you like five or six thousand dollars to close and and you do, you know, you'll just have to bring your down payment. Um, and that's usually with a U with a USDA loan, that's zero percent down, FHA loan, that's three point five percent down, and conventional, if you're a first time home buyer, you can do three percent down. So um it's ways it's ways to get into a house that's affordable for you, you know. Yeah, um, it's funny that you mentioned that about getting the closing costs paid because I know a lot of people was on the assumption that in Texas they're not paying closing costs because they got you know the sellers they got so many different people trying to buy the the house you know they like well I'm not oh yeah man oh yeah it's hot right now man it's hot right now so um like I was saying um out there in Frisco McKinney Little M houses are literally being listed for one day man within hours they have like 10 20 offers and i'm talking about people not even walking through the house they just going off pictures and they want it because that's how how fast the homes are going out here i mean even like the rural areas man foreign houses are going quick out here yeah but so one way they could possibly mitigate them closing costs is getting new construction right Man, even the builders right now, the builders aren't offering anything towards wow. closing. Yeah. So say for instance, like, you know, you go with an express home like DR Horn. DR Horn is offering like four thousand towards closing, which are preferred with their preferred lender. But I don't suggest people go with builders preferred lenders because they're gonna make up that money that they're giving yeah, to you free. Way like, yeah, man, with a higher interest rate, with an application fee that's ridiculous, stuff like that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I asked it for people because they might have been wondering. So why, well, why he didn't ask them now? I'm like, well, you know, I'm you know on the people's voice. I, I got y'all, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, man, trust me. I know I moved to the area about five years ago, and it's like, like you said, little M, bro. Little M, it was nothing out there when I came in 2016. Yeah, man. Look, Frisco, the fastest growing city in America, I believe. Last time I checked, no, man. it is. Yeah, man. Like, all it used to be green space. It's crazy how much they build, man. Look, you can literally drive by green space today, man. It might be, they might be uh, developing the land tomorrow. It's crazy out here in Texas right now, man. Yeah, because honestly, most of the people, some people leaving Frisco and going to like Aubrey and Prosper or Anna. Yeah. Or so I think and one is Savannah, like they going farther north because they moved Anna, to be away. Yeah, Anna too far out there for me. We was looking at Anna, man. But if really? you move to areas like that, man, you're gonna get a lot of land for your money though. But um like I moved a while and you know, the houses pretty much on top of each other, but we was lucky to get that corner lot. So a lot of people like, Oh man, we're not gonna move if we can't get uh some land with our house. Well, hey, you probably won't be getting a house in the world pretty soon, man, unless you got like six hundred thousand, you know, you're hey, gonna pay some money. Some, something I didn't <laughs> ask you about um as far as if somebody say they was like, Well, we don't want a uh, uh up-to-date home or a mm-hmm. modern home. You know what? What's their loan options if they want to do like a, a not a bad fixer upper, but let's say it's a house that might be like twenty, thirty years old, and they want to okay. like fix some things. And then what type of loans they got for for them people? So they have like uh, it's called a FHA K loan or is a FHA B loan. Um, I apologize for not having an answer for you, but um, like I said, I'm human. I don't have answers to everything, but um, I believe it's a FHA K loan. And the FHA K loan, you can basically say, for instance, they want one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the house. Well, you can roll sixty thousand dollars more into that loan. You can use that to remodel the house too. So it comes with like two hundred and ten thousand. So um, and it'll be the same requirements for a regular FHA loan. You know, um, FHA loans 
require um, a 500 credit score, but you got to put down 10% if you got like a 500 through a 579. And when you get to 580, you only have to put down 3.5%. But um, right now during COVID, all lenders that I've seen, they want a 600 credit score for yeah. FHA. I would imagine, especially with that risk, uh, with this pandemic, they're like, well, exactly, it's man. Too yeah. risky with they that gotta... 500. <laughs> yeah, man. And you got to put down, you come with that 500, man. You got to put down 10%. Who got 10% of like 200? You know what I'm saying? 200,000. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I mean, that's some good advice, especially for the area, because it's this, you yeah. know, that's a, you would, <laughs> like, man, I remember when Toyota first came to Plano. And people was moving from California, paying for their cribs and Frisco and Plano and everywhere else in cash. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, man, it's different. <laughs> I was like, I've seen auto prices go up, man. And you said, you said coming from California to Plano, paying in cash. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man, that's how it was, yeah, man. That's crazy. Yeah, because they Toyota said we're gonna give you the same pay, and you can come to Plano. And you yeah. know, a lot of people were surprised. Like most people. You know, we always say the the, the 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 slander of staying in Dallas and stuff like that. But when you actually get out there, he's like, oh, this is different. It ain't what I thought it'd be. Even the people that's, from, you know, the, the West Coast. I mean, it's some different stuff about it, but it's like, oh, it ain't too bad. Yeah. Dallas is love, man. That's what I can say, man. It's, it's really like a city atmosphere. Like, I don't have no complaints about Dallas, you know? So it's been nice. Yeah, I'm just glad you're closer because that forney boy. You know, hey, look. <laughs> I only see 40 hey. when I'm going to Streetport. Hey, look, boy, that's the only time I ever see it too, man. Look, <laughs> 40, it was taking, man, hopping on 635 and 75. It'll take you like an hour and 30 to get to Richardson from 40, man. Like, I had to move, you know. Uh, I, would have to work, I would have to work night shift if I was in the <laughs> Man, it was ridiculous, man. Man, that's crazy, man. That's how I used to be. I think when I first moved to Little M, I didn't know. <laughs> I ain't know nothing about how to get around, man. So I'm waking up early in the morning, getting on 380, getting on 75, not knowing, like, I need to be on 75 by a certain time. If not, I'm going to be in traffic. <sighs> yeah. But the best investment I made, though, man, that toll ticket, if you move out here, man, you need that toll ticket. Oh, you need that toll tag. You got to so, get the toll and, ticket. And look, you know? a little gym and some companies will reimburse you for them, for them toll tags and stuff like yep. that. You got to travel. So don't be scared of it. Oh, that's an Amazon notification about delivery. <laughs> oh man, that boy staying buying stuff, huh? We talking well, about saving money, he's spending money. <laughs> well, so, well, see, this ain't my money, it's my business money. Oh, okay, I got you. So, you know, I bought some <laughs> some mics for you know, I, some videos I'm gonna shoot, just like all this other stuff, these lights and yeah. all this crap. I write got that off, write that off at the end of the year. I'm oh, with yeah. you, yeah, man. Got to, man, especially you know, Mr. Mr. Real Estate, man, you're gonna have to, uh. Start writing all that stuff off. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, holler at Jay Black for all your tax questions, man. Shout out to Jay Black out there. <laughs> oh. That's been that's been me, though. Shoot, I've been doing so much researching when it comes to all this different stuff, man. It, it's actually been pretty fun, you know, starting yeah. to do And that's all. And, and, oh, you're saying uh, doing research when it comes to buying a house and your business, stuff like that? Business, house. I've been, you know, researching because I know certain ways you can finesse, you know, if your car over 6,000 pounds, there's ways you can write it off on like all, like all your taxes or you can spread it out through the years for like yeah. tax write-offs and getting, taking, making your LLC getting taxes to escort. It's, it's, it's different ways, you know, stuff that 
you gotta go. You gotta go search and find it. It, it ain't gonna be presented. I to get you. you. you know? Definitely wasn't gonna tell you at school See, on how to navigate Texas. And that's the benefit of us being friends. We sharing knowledge. He <laughs> just put right. me on something new. <laughs> yeah, facts, man. Because you know, most of the time, no, this people on the bottom think, okay, if I make more money, you know, I got my money. But then you start realizing, I forgot what threshold it is. But when you get to a certain place where you pretty much paying um, the same taxes that people that make a million dollars a year pay, you're like, bro, I'm screwed exactly. right here. They make more than me, and I'm paying as much as them in taxes. And I don't get it back in Texas. Yeah. So how do I do this? And that's how they beating the system. I need to figure it out. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. Be too much, man. Speaking of beating the system, look, I need Biden to go ahead and cancel them loans, man. Oh what man, look. I don't need them to cancel fifty thousand. I need them to cancel all look. I look, need I, all my accounts. Look, I, I, I'll take, I got like a hundred thousand something. And I, I'll take fifty, man. Honestly, I wouldn't have if it wasn't for you, you a D, I wouldn't have had that much. I, I left for tech yeah, like man. 18. Oh, okay. You had top set tech? I lost it. If I would have kept it, I probably had like five. Okay, oh, that ain't bad though, man. You had, see you a D man. The reason I went there is because they ain't require that G set. I mean, you know, not G set, but G Mat and the G. Yeah, the G Mat, yeah, the GRE man. Yeah, but it was a private university though, so it was way more expensive, bro. <laughs> man, I mean, it wasn't as expensive if like shoot, we was going to SMU. Yeah, I don't know how much SMU charged, but I know at the end of that uh, U of Dallas, man, it was like sixty-seven thousand just for like two years, bro. That was everybody. Yeah, you know, that's how they get you. But I mean, you know, it's gonna get made it back, right? Mm-hmm. I ain't, I ain't tripping. You know, I feel like <laughs> the way stuff go, I, I, I ain't tripping. Yeah, I got some stuff in the works. You know, I got to learn about rental properties. That's the next thing. I've been working on investing and then rental properties. That's the next thing. Yeah. So um, that's really what I've, uh, I know me and you, we talked about rental properties. Uh, we should, we didn't share our plans with each other, man. But yeah, um, I'm looking at buying some properties in Shreveport going back to where it's like affordable. Cause like if I could get my first home out here in Dallas, man, that'll be cool, but that's going to take too much. Cause you know, if it's not your primary home, you got to put down 40%. So that kind of makes it like impossible for some people who first starting out. So that's really my like problem. one of them cheap homes in Highland though. In Highland, what do you mean? Oh, to my Highland Shreveport. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man, forty percent of uh, something cheap, like thirty thousand. That's doable, you know. Yeah, I think because I don't know. We gonna uh, we gonna wrap this up right here, mm-hmm. guys. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, Brian, let them know where they can find you at on IG again. Man, you can find me at Get You in the House 101. You can find me on Facebook at Vernon Francis. Reach out to me with any questions about IT or real estate. I'm really friendly, man. I'm willing to help anybody. Uh, Henry, thank you for having me on the show, man. I appreciate the opportunity, bro. All right, guys. Y'all already know how to find me. Everything's in the description. I have this stuff in the description. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, and we out.